In the fall of 1455, a dispute between two goldsmiths went to court in the German city of Mainz. The case, as was custom, was heard by the local church authorities, and it took place in the dining hall of a Franciscan friary. The dispute was, of course, about money. One of the goldsmiths, a man named Johann Fust, had loaned 1,600 goldens, a significant amount of money in the mid-15th century, to another goldsmith in order to invest in equipment and labor needed to construct a new piece of technology that possessed the capability to change the world as they knew it. Fust had been relatively patient with this brilliant but often disorganized and scatterbrained business partner of his. But now, several years after making his sizable investment and seeing no profits in return, his patience had run out. Fuss demanded that either his money would be returned to him or he was to be given immediate possession of his partner's workshop, equipment, and of course the new invention itself in order to recoup the money he had lost. His partner's name? Johannes Gutenberg. His invention was the printing press. And in this episode, we will look at the significance of this groundbreaking technological innovation of the 15th century and the man behind it. We will also look at how this world-changing invention accelerated the timeline of both the moral decline of the Roman church and the reformers' response to it. We will see how this story shows us both the pitfalls and the blessings of technology and how God uses these groundbreaking innovations to this day, to advance the gospel around the world. This is a story of innovation, greed, and vision. Welcome to Anatomy of a Reformation. Until the 15th century, most people lived their entire lives without ever seeing a book. Throughout the Middle Ages, books were produced by meticulous copying, all of it done by hand. Clerks armed with quills and pots of ink would copy texts on something called parchment. Parchment was stretched and dried animal skin, and these clerks worked long hours. Word by word, page by page, manuscripts were copied. Longer works took scribes thousands of man-hours to produce a single copy. A manuscript of the Bible, for example, could take years for a copyist to produce. This meant the books were incredibly rare and expensive completely out of the price range of the average person living during the Middle Ages. 
Johannes Gutenberg saw an opportunity. As with many other inventors throughout history, Gutenberg's visionary and creative capabilities eclipsed his business acumen. But nevertheless, Gutenberg was able to secure the necessary financing at great personal risk to make his invention a reality. Now, it must be said, various forms of the printing press actually existed long before Gutenberg's. The first printed scroll was actually produced in China in the 9th century using wood blocks. It produced a copy of the Buddhist text called the Diamond Sutra. In Korea, during the 13th century, a metal-type press was used to print for the very first time. In the West, however, these Asian technological innovations were completely unknown to the general public. While Gutenberg did not invent the concept of the printing press, he did pioneer the mass use of it and created something we call printing for a profit. His printing press was unique in many ways. A small team of printers would take individual letters cast from metal, known as movable type, and then arrange a page forming words, sentences, and paragraphs. The letters were then covered in an oil-based ink and pressed onto pieces of paper. In the mid-15th century, paper itself was a relatively new technology invented by the Chinese centuries before. While the Gutenberg Press created book production in a fraction of the time, the press itself was quite costly to run. Pamphlets and other resources could be created and sold and passed out in very little time, but at a very high cost. As one historian wrote, Although this was an expensive and difficult process that required considerable care and attention on the part of the skilled metal worker, it did have potential. Gutenberg thought it had potential to render the old ways of manuscript copying obsolete and enter a bold new age for the written word. Gutenberg had an incredible invention on his hands, but he also had a big problem. Gutenberg was going broke. In November of 1455, Gutenberg's financial dilemma went from bad to worse. His financial partner and largest investor in his fledgling technology, Johann Fust, called in his loan, and took Gutenberg to court in Mainz. The court ruled in Fust's favor, which was to no one's surprise. Contractually, Gutenberg did not have a leg to stand on, and soon after, Fust was permitted to seize Gutenberg's printing press and workshop. To add insult to injury, Fust even managed to acquire Gutenberg's commercial stock in his business. And with that acquisition of Gutenberg's property and life's work came with it a project that Gutenberg had been working on almost nonstop for years. A two-volume version of Jerome's 14th century Latin Vulgate, 
We now know it as Gutenberg's Bible. Originally, Gutenberg had planned on selling two versions of his Bible, one printed on paper and a far more upscale version printed on animal skin. But now, so close to completion of his life's most significant work, Gutenberg's Bible fell into the hands of Fust and an apprentice of Gutenberg's named Peter Schoffer. Rumors of Gutenberg's Bible project had been spreading throughout Europe for over a year. At one point, a representative from the Roman Catholic Church came to Mainz to investigate. In March of 1455, the agent of Rome wrote to a cardinal in Spain to tell him that he had seen individual sheets of Gutenberg's Bible and informed the cardinal that, quote, the script is neat and legible, not at all difficult to follow. Rome was impressed. Fust and Schoffer published Gutenberg's Bible and began selling it in August of 1456. The first edition was a massive book. It was designed to be read from a lectern, and its two volumes meant that the cost was extremely high for a single copy. But nevertheless, the achievement of the Gutenberg Bible cannot be overstated. One historian wrote, quote, Gutenberg's Bible was the first great printed book in the West. It was a landmark achievement in the history of writing and publishing, but more than that, it was the starting point of a medieval communications revolution. After the Gutenberg Press, the world was never the same again. It was a world-changing display of the power of technology on a massive scale. Another historian adds that the printing press, quote, changed Western culture in the 15th century as fundamentally and profoundly as the creation of the smartphone changed it at the turn of the 21st century. It led to sweeping developments in literature and literacy, education and popular politics, cartography, history, advertising, propaganda, and bureaucracy. The 17th century philosopher Sir Francis Bacon said that the printing press, along with the compass and gunpowder, had changed the appearance of the whole world. The world that the printing press changed was the world of the pre-Reformation. Now, in our timeline, we are less than a century away from Luther's 95 Theses. And following Luther's protest in Wittenberg in 1517, it was the printing press that helped spread the message of Reformation across the European countryside. But before the printed word was set loose on the late medieval world, the Roman church in the decades prior used the printing press to print the most controversial documents ever produced by the church. Indulgences. The earliest surviving document to have been printed on the printing press was not the Bible. It was the Papal Indulgence. Ironically, it was produced in the same workshop that Gutenberg had labored to produce the Bible in. 
the printing press became another piece of technology that could be co-opted for both good and sinful purposes. The same technology that printed and helped distribute the Roman Church's most shameful documents would also, in God's providence, feed the flames of Reformation that had been steadily building. Now, pre-Reformation literature, books, tracts, could all spread across Europe at breakneck speeds. Johannes Gutenberg, the great visionary inventor and failed entrepreneur, well, he died penniless. Sadly, he never recovered from losing his life's work. But his contribution to Protestant history and world history is undeniable. And the questions surrounding his great invention introduced to the Christian world remain. Almost 600 years later, after Gutenberg, the church continues to wrestle with its use of technology and how to use it in a way that maintains Christ's vision for his church while looking for creative ways to use that same technology to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. And as the 15th century ended and the 16th century began, the embers of Reformation sparked by men like Wycliffe and Huss, with the help of the printing press, were beginning to build. And in the next episode of Anatomy of a Reformation, we will look at the man who would throw gasoline on that growing fire. His name? Martin Luther. Thank you.